This is Music Mentality with Angie. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, welcome back to Season 2. My name is Angie and I am so thrilled to introduce you guys to Season 2 with today's guest. First off though, I just want to say welcome to Season 2. Like, holy crap. I could not be more excited about all the conversations we have prepared to share and I'm just so excited about all the guests who have been so open and honest about their journey and we're just, we're so grateful for those who have opened up and for you guys, the ones who listen. As always, these episodes can be triggering for some, especially because we often go deep into the topics we talk about, so please, please take care of yourself throughout this season and previous season too. But without further ado, today's guest is Kaylee Morg. She was such a delight to talk to you guys, and she gave so much insight into her own mental health journey and how it looked throughout her career in music. Kaylee has overcome so much from being misdiagnosed and then rediscovering herself, dealing with hate online, and learning the importance of communicating your needs to those who love you so that they know how to love you right. There was so much to say we couldn't help but to break this conversation down into two episodes. Find Kaylee's music on all streaming platforms by searching her name up the way that you see it in this episode have never done something like this where I talk about mental health and stuff and like it's a very big part of my life so I'm like really excited to get to um do that I guess for my fans yeah I mean it's really really nice to give this platform to people like you to share about their mental health and their journeys because I mean art is so much vulnerability and so many stories and you know, when we listen to music, like when I listen to your music, I love the music and I resonate with it and I hear it, but I don't know your story behind it. You know, Mm -hmm. It's funny you say that because I actually like got this comment the other day that was like, um, and I usually, I don't, I don't care about like hate comments. Also, do you mind if I curse? No, I don't mind at all. (laughs) All right. Cause I, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I, it's an issue, but um, (laughs) I, yeah, I usually don't care about hate comments, but I got this one that was like, um I was at your first show and like I was so you've been such a amazing person for me to listen to but over the years like you talk about pain so much and like you indulge in talking about like just bad stuff in your life and I was like it really does show you like I think it kind of opens the door for people to get to know you but they still you're just like scratching the surface like they don't really know anything about you you know and um because I was like I was like that's so interesting because that's like why I make music is to talk about that stuff and I guess like I think it's healthy to learn to write about positive stuff too but I was like that's so interesting because I think people know me and like have no idea who I am at the same time and it's very weird 
Yeah, I mean, I can imagine. And I think that like when you create music and you put it out there, so many people think that you're putting it out there for them. But the reality is, I mean, you're making music, you're putting down your feelings onto a piece of paper, whether they're positive or not so positive or they're painful or whatever it is. I mean, it's it's your raw self, you know? Yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, like I think it's definitely started from a place of just talking to, like for me, like I was just talking out loud with guitar and like trying to talk myself through mental situations. And um, it's become something that, yeah, it's like if you want something else from me, I feel like there's just so many artists to listen to. And I'm like, oh my God, like I, it, it sometimes is a struggle for me to like get out of my own head, but I also do enjoy like storytelling and talking about things that have nothing to do with me, but it does get hard to like fully stray from how I feel. Cause I think I like see myself in so many other people too, in so many situations that it's, it usually comes from like a personal place. Yeah. I don't think you have to ever kind of write for other people or write about a given topic I think that that's the beauty about music and art it's you yeah. get to express yourself however you want there's no wrong turns <laughs> yeah because I don't think I, there, there would ever be a point in time where I, I was like only writing about great stuff because I also just think that that's not how life is like we're gonna have even positive songs of mine sometimes have like a negative feeling or and, and sometimes like the negative songs of mine like have like an uplifting turnaround you know what I mean so there's I feel like that's kind of just how I feel regularly and like we can talk about we can dive into all of it but I have like very rapid mood swings I'm like all over the, the place so I think my songs it would almost feel like untrue if I didn't do that if I wasn't just like oh sometimes it's great sometimes it's terrible you know yeah I would love to dive dip deeper into that yeah I um uh, I also saw, do you have a degree in psychology, right? I do. I actually just finished. I just graduated. Congratulations. That's so cool. I was like, cause I, yeah, I read the little brief thing and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be so fun. Cause um, I'm so into that too. And my, like my dad's a therapist. So I'm very like, I, I just, yeah, I like being self-aware and like learning about all this stuff and um, things that other people struggle with that have nothing to do with me. But I, uh, yeah, I like, I, I've been through I've been like doing therapy for like 11 years. I've been on like so many different medications. I've had like three different diagnoses. Like it's, it's been like a long um, mental health journey, <laughs> but there's been a lot of understanding through it. Yeah, you mentioned being misdiagnosed or di later diagnosed differently. And I can't even imagine what that must have felt like. I mean, it's like you're finally getting to know yourself and then it ended up being completely something else. You have to change your narrative and like, form your life around that and that's kind of really difficult yeah like this oh, I'm so excited to talk about well it's, it's like kind of sad but it's just I, I'm glad that I get to like talk about this so that people can see like it's not all just like rainbows and butterflies with artists but um I yeah I, like when I was 14 like 13 14 I started experiencing like mental illness I feel like for the first time like, I was like wow like I'm not happy and I'm like it's because I feel like as a kid you have this expectation of the world and you start kind of realizing over time that you can't have everything your way and so yeah I was like first diagnosed with depression and then I was like had a lot of self-harm issues and, and stuff like that and I ended up in a behavioral center and they I like stayed there for like a week and they put me on a different medication and they're like, oh, we think you have bipolar. And I was like 14. So I was like, okay, like that makes sense. But like, I'm sure you know, like a, a lot of times bipolar, if it's diagnosed at that young of an age, like it might not be a sure thing. Cause it's, that's not something that you can usually track unless like it's 
you've had it for longer into adulthood so you can see if it is mania and depression and all this stuff so I spent till I was 20 thinking I had bipolar and being like okay cool like I'm, I have to take mood stabilizers and I have to expect this mania and depression and I think it almost made me like live into it and like feel like I was expecting those things so they would just happen yeah like a self-fulfilling prophecy basically like you're telling your this is who you are and now it's becoming yeah it's, it was just it was a very weird time because I think I like almost like induced some of that mania and some of that depression because I just was expecting it and I was like well that's just what happens and I'm and I think also like it being a chemical imbalance made me think it was something that I couldn't not that I can control it but it's not something that I could cope with or try to get better unless I took medicine like I was like well like I'm just stuck with this and whatever so that's why when I got um re-diagnosed with BPD which which basically happened because I met my current boyfriend and he was like we were like talking about all my mental health issues and he's like you know like I think you have BPD not not bipolar because you don't really have like the mania and depression so I went to therapy and they're like oh yeah you have BPD and so that's like a whole other thing because BPD is something that is about your own trauma and like your behavior so it's not like you can take meds and stuff to help you but I was like wow this is going to be a completely different journey of just trying to like unlearn my defense mechanisms from being traumatized <laughs> it was like so yeah it's been like uh that's what I've been doing for like three years now just figuring BPD looking back at your life did you do you now see how you could have had BPD earlier on and it was like gone unnoticed Oh yeah. Cause I, I, there's like some key signs of BPD that I definitely had and didn't like notice until I was diagnosed, like the favorite person thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like when I was 12, I, that's when I had like my first favorite person. My first favorite person was my best friend in middle school. And I remember like feeling that like my whole entire world revolved around her like everything she thought of me was almost more real than like what I thought of myself and I remember like when I was in high school and like starting to get older and like experiment with my sexuality I was like oh my god was I like in love with her because I I just like my like I loved her so much and I was like obsessed with her and I noticed from that age on I always had a favorite person whether it was a boyfriend a best friend a girlfriend like it was always somebody that like met me and like shook my world up and like everything I liked was about them like I was definitely mirroring and I didn't know because I am also the type of person that like when I start dating somebody I like want to be like them because I'm like I want to understand everything that you like and I want to be the thing you like and I want to like never disappoint you and like so I just start changing because I put so much weight on like this person's opinion and uh, I think I like before I even had a best friend that person was like my dad for a while um because I have a my stepdad's the one that's a therapist but my dad um like we weren't as close and he was a little bit more critical of me so I think I like put all of that weight on him as like what he thought of me was the truth and uh, and I think it morphed into that so now like, whenever I made friends or this or that like they became the most important thing in my life that was like definitely I was like, that that was some BPD stuff and like de definitely like the, the deep deep fear of abandonment and like self-sabotage because you you want to like seem like you care less so that they can't hurt you like that type of stuff yeah no that's fucking hard because how are you supposed to find out who you are when you're like when you feel so attached to all these different people and you know you admire them so much and they're your favorite people um I can only imagine how difficult that is does that impact the way that you write music? Like, do you tend to write about other people's stories? Yeah, I usually like when I'm 
I feel like people that listen to my music can tell, like I'll write about certain people or like the way that I feel through my music will be affected by the people around me. And like, I'll, like my current boyfriend, for example, I met him and five days later, I wrote a love song about him that was like so personal and and, like deep. (laughs) And I almost, yeah, I kind of like create ideas of people sometimes and I like romanticize them through my music. And sometimes I, um, I like villainize them in my music because it's it can be like a lovey sweet outlet but it can also be like I hate you so much outlet (laughs) so um even like whatever I'm feeling I think it definitely sometimes translates in my lyrics because I am like scared to say those things to the person so or like maybe it's somebody I don't talk to anymore and I just want to like write a song about it like what I would say to them so it can definitely impact like how I write it's it's funny that literally reminds me of your song loser where you literally said and I wrote it down <laughs> dad said look uh, dad said I look like a fake um I mean you know you're taking upon these emotions from other people and applying them to yourself and your own music and it's like the line between who you are and you know your looking glass self so how other people perceive you it's like it's difficult because it blurs so when you write something like dad said I look like a fake is that scary to put out there because I mean it's blunt it's out there and like people know who you're talking about and that's oh, yeah I mean also like I know that he he's gonna hear it and that makes it weird too I've, I've definitely like written about my dad multiple times like there's a song that never came out that was like um I performed it at my first show it was like my mother's proud of my dad is quiet funny how he made me a riot and it's like usually just because my dad and I've had like a weird relationship where he's the whole reason I do music because he's so passionate about music he plays guitar he sings but like he also is very traditional and I was like well you need to go to college and this and that so even now like four years deep into doing music like the last time I went to his house he was like well like you're still gonna have to go to college eventually and like you're gonna have to start over and stuff so I yeah it's like it's been a weird kind of up and down relationships so it's it's scary but I also feel like I don't that's one of those things where it's like I don't know if I would tell him how I feel about that and that it hurts me so like I'm just gonna say it in my music and I say it vague enough like you're saying that it's some people are like oh like you know dad says I look like a fake and like it's not that deep but to me I'm like knowing that I've sent my dad songs before where he's like I don't like anything about this and like you like you should be making this type of music and you know what I mean so it's um I think it's a deeper even than what it seems like, but I just kind of, I'm like, well, it, it helps me to write about that. And like, I guess that, that song too was completely inspired by my dad, like saying loser my whole life. Like he was like, oh, well, like they're a loser. Or like, don't, if you don't go to school, you'll be a loser. And it was used in a very, like, that's like the word, like you're not doing anything with your life if you're a loser. So that's why I like the whole song is basically about that. It's just like, cool. Like if I'm a loser, then I'm a loser, but at least I'm like doing something I'm happy doing. And like, um, yeah, I was like, I I would just rather embrace it because then that kind of doesn't give that word power anymore. Cause I've just been like, cool. Like I'm, if that's what it is, that's what it is. So it's really beautiful. I mean, like neutralizing these hurtful words that we've grown up around. That's really difficult. Like it's still something I struggle with. It's, it's, something everyone struggles with I could only imagine it's still something you might struggle with yeah it's definitely it's definitely weird being like because I'm not I'm by by no means am I even like that popular or like like that many people know about me but you still no matter what are going to get people that don't like you and that can be so weird sometimes especially when another part of BPD is having like identity issues 
And I think sometimes when people project an idea onto you, it's hard to know if that's true or not. Like, cause I, I struggle so much with like, not knowing, like, like being scared that I'm being perceived as like stupid or pretentious or this or that. Cause I'm like, no, I'm not like that. But needing the control over it almost makes it worse. And I think uh, it just gets difficult for me sometimes to get so much feedback from people that don't know me and starting to think like, am I like that? Or like, is, is this song feel like this? Or even though I always, like we were saying, like I started making music for me. Like the, the image I project now more than ever is me. Like when I first started, not so much. Cause I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm 18. Like I, I have no idea how to do music and stuff, but now I've really like understood that, especially now that I've been diagnosed with BPD, like I have to be in charge of like who I am and I have to be the one deciding that, you know, cause I, for a while I wasn't. Yeah. So would you say now at this point in your life, you're kinder to yourself and you're more patient with yourself? Yes. Well, yes yes in most ways some not because I think like I'm way more accepting of like knowing that I guess I'm gonna feel not so great sometimes because I think before I was just like I wanted to indulge in certain feelings and I wanted to feel bad and I wanted to feel insecure and I wanted to hate myself because that's how I Mm kind of started that's how I started um like showing signs of my like mental health stuff as I was self-harming it was a lot of internal hatred and I think that um over time I was just like I have to like maybe this is not the right word but I was like I have to like grow out of that because I can't treat myself like that forever and like and get through that and just like because I I don't want to have this like resentment or this guilt or like this feeling over me for the rest of my life so I was like I have to especially if I want if I love other people in a certain way, if I, if I want people to love me in a certain way, like I have to give myself the same like room and of, to be free of judgment that I give to other people. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think it's huge. Like if you judge yourself over everything, like it almost kind of does bleed into your relationships because this expectation you have of yourself is hard not to project that onto other people. Oh my God, yeah. yeah. More than ever, I'm, I'm like way better with just like letting myself be me even and kind of getting rid of the idea because with social media and all that stuff too it's hard to feel like like this version of you has to be cool and like presentable and, and pretty and smart and funny and um I'm like well yeah I am all of those things but like I don't have to be like I'm just me and yeah. like removing myself from being an artist removing myself from being on Instagram is like really important but I think the like I was saying the only thing that I think I still am hard on myself about is probably um like accountability and like when I have my BPD episodes I can lash out pretty bad and like say pretty hurtful things and stuff and that's still like that's I should be hard on myself for that but it's it's like it sometimes reignites that self-hatred because I'm just like why can't I stop doing that or like and even though I know it's a defense mechanism like I said it with bipolar it's like well I can take medicine and do this and that but BPD it's just like mentally relearning and so I can be hard on myself in that way just knowing what's happening and not being able to stop sometimes you know yeah well it's really difficult when it's so internalized I mean the way you said a couple of minutes ago you were like I don't even have that many people who know me but you do you have a lot of people who know you so the fact that you even started that with that little disclaimer kind of putting yourself down that's like like I feel like that's such an internalized way for you to almost be hard on yourself humble yourself and it's like you don't need 
do that. <laughs> it definitely, yeah, it definitely feels like maybe it's just me protecting myself. So that way, like if anybody watches this and is like, nobody knows who you are and stuff, it's like, but I, I like you said, like, why do I have to, I shouldn't have to do that. And that and whoever says that, like, what, why do I care? If they don't know me, fine. <laughs> but it's, it's, I definitely do a little bit of like, work to to kind of brace myself for like people not liking me and stuff and that's just something that I've got had to like get through I, I guess being in the public eye so it's, it's definitely like a weird I have subconscious little um things like that <laughs> that I think I'll do but and it's like I feel that it's so perpetuated now that you know we have to be super talented and super smart and super funny and like this and this and this um to earn love, but that's just not true. Like you can do absolutely nothing. You can lay in bed, be no one, be nothing at all. And you still are worthy of that love. Like you don't owe anything to anyone. And that's really, really difficult to learn because you've already internalized that self-hatred to yourself, which is sucky. Like you shouldn't, you should love yourself through all of that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Like me and my friend uh, Cheney, well, her artist name is Cray. Like we talk about this stuff all the time because, yeah, I think like people have this idea of who we are and stuff. And I, I have to remind her because she's like literally one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen, and she feels and she gets all this validation from people. She gets, you know, and she's like, I like, why do I not feel great and stuff? And I, I like always have to remind her and remind myself like we aren't our purpose is not just to sit here and be pretty. Our purpose is not to just dress up and be like, cool, do you think I look good? Like we have so much more to us than like what we appear to be. And like, if people think that we're smart enough or pretty enough. And I, I do think it's like something that 
sounds cliche, but like you have to remind yourself that because sometimes it does feel like that's all people care to look for in you. And like, Absolutely. And it's not like you go out and you're like, oh, I'm going to be friends with this person because they're pretty or whatever. Like maybe yeah. when we were 12, we did that, but like, <laughs> we're all past that. We're all at a different age now where we look at someone's soul and who they are way more than their appearance or their skills or their talents. Like not everything is a job interview, you know? And I feel like you really portray that message through still, which I would love to dive into because you said like, I can't do anything. So why do you love me in that song? And I literally spoke about this with my friend yesterday, where it's like all this external validation doesn't actually really change how we feel inside. So my biggest struggle is an eating disorder right now. And, you know, people can tell me, oh, but you're not, you don't look like you think that you look like blah, blah. And it's like, no one's really said anything too mean to me in the last couple of years. So there's no point. I mean, there's no reason for me to think this way, but we internalize these feelings from such a young age and we are our biggest enemies. So like external validation really doesn't do too much for ourselves because it's ourselves that we have to work on. And I don't think that we have to be hard on ourselves. We have to be patient with ourselves because it's a process and it needs love and nurture. Yeah, people, I think it also like personally, I have like imposter syndrome too, where I'm like, even if people are validating me, I feel like they're, they're validating a version of me that's, that I'm like, manipulate, like, I'm like, here, I want you to see this version of me. I, like, I, I want, like, I'm taking a picture in this angle. And I'm, you know, like, you're kind of letting them see what they want to, which is like, basically social media summed up. It's just like the things that we, the way we want, we want people to see us, we can control. And so that's why I think it's like a whole other, it's a whole different thing to be validated. Like when it's somebody that like knows you and talks to you and sees you on a daily basis. And like, I've, I've dealt with like um, eating disorders as well. Like I'm, I've, I think sometimes even subconsciously, but like, I won't even know sometimes like, and I'll be in a different headspace in my life. And I'm like, wow, like I, look very different and like I just accidentally kind of stumbled into this like air like just this headspace of not being so hard on myself and allowing myself to not care what my body looks like and stuff because I I have like body dysmorphia too and so sometimes I'll literally like like there I'll be on like completely different ends of the spectrum where sometimes I'll be like I'm like scrawny and I look so bad and then I'll be like I'm overweight and it's like you just kind of don't know and it feels it feels weird to be validated by people that don't see you I think and that's why like when I hang out with my friends and stuff like I was saying Cheney like if she ever is like oh my god he looks so cute like that means a lot to me because like she's with me and like knows me or like if she says like you're so caring or in a way that like I think it's sometimes you let people are going to see whether or not you want they're going to see you whether or not you want them to if they're like with you that much and I think for them to like peel back those layers and still love you is like that's kind of what that song was about because at that time I was going I was going through so much at that time I my ex-boyfriend of like three years he was my first love like my first boyfriend he passed away and I sorry oh it yeah it was it was like a while ago but it was that was it was that year and then I met Ricky like two months later and I was just grieving that I was getting over like going hard with alcohol so I've been sober for like three years now but I um was just like going off the deep my dad's an alcoholic too so I was just like I can't do that so I like stopped that and then I got dropped for my label so I was like cool like 
I feel like shit. And then also like, I like shaved my head six months earlier. So I didn't feel good about myself, but I was just kind of in this. And, and then I also realized I had BPD. So I was like, cool, all this shit's like dumped onto me. I feel like I'm not talented. I feel like I'm like so depressed that like no one wants to be around me. I don't feel pretty. I don't feel like I have any value. And um, and Ricky, like he, that's my boyfriend. He basically was like one of the first people I've ever dated to like, and he'll, to this day, like he'll tell me this all the time where like just transparently being like, there's nothing that you could do that would make me leave you. He's like, obviously like, you know, like be, I want you to be loyal. I, like if it gets really bad, that's a different story, but like, we don't really have that type of relationship. So he was like, I just want you to know anything that ever has to do with your mental health, like career, like any of that, I'll be there. And that was like the first person to make me feel like that besides like my, my family and stuff. And so that song was just like this, like pouring out of like, I feel like a failure. I feel like just but like so unworthy of all this stuff and like you still want to love me and also I think that that love felt different because I knew that he didn't have to and like I knew that all the shit was going wrong so that's why like now it's I feel so good like having somebody that stuck with me through all that and just really like yeah like just was like I don't care like I'm gonna be with you I, I don't care so now I'm like anything that happens it really really feels like I have my partner you know yeah and that's such a beautiful thing I mean having a support system is so underrated I mean it's difficult to find those people that we can lean on when we need to lean on and it's like they don't expect anything from you they don't expect numbers or money or like a certain look and stuff and it's it feels like it's difficult to find those people sometimes because of social media because of what we put out there because what we put out there isn't necessarily who we are so the person that people fall in love with isn't even well at least it doesn't even feel like you And that can also play, I assume that could really play into your BPD because again, the line really blurs, right? Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of what I was saying about that imposter syndrome. Like, it's like, I feel like I try my best to project myself in my, in my artist project. Like I try to be as me as possible, but there is like, like, I don't think that without sitting, like hanging out with me and like seeing me regularly that people would ever really know me. So it gets hard to to kind of like understand that it's definitely a weird thing and I think that people it doesn't seem like it's it's hard to deal with or like it's just whatever but it I guess having the identity issues I have it definitely feels weird sometimes and like I often like my one of my fans just posted this um like photo today of all of my hair changes that I've had in the past like three years and it, it had to be like 25 and I was like oh my god <laughs> like I I always feel this need sometimes to like keep changing and keep trying to like be the this best version of myself so people don't get bored of me or they like if I, as long as I'm reinventing myself I'm just getting better or I'm not like being stuck in this version of myself that people might end up hating so that's why I like made the effort last year to like stop caring about that shit like just dress how I want to dress which is why I mean like I'm like 90s norm core I don't give a shit anymore you're bomb though you're looking great <laughs> And then I like, I, I think my hair has been orange for like six months, which is like the longest my I've ever done that. Cause I was like, I just, I need to stop like letting myself like get into this habit of being like, well, I need to do this or people aren't going to care. Like if I change my hair, I'll get more likes. And if I do, you know what I mean? I was just like, I like, why do I care so much about that? Cause it's like, if I didn't have Instagram, I probably would just be so much more, I'd probably have brown hair and be like, cool. I don't need to worry about like 
-hmm. like the things I get insecure about is so weird because I know if I didn't have Instagram like my biggest insecurity is my nose or like I'm like oh like is my jaw too wired or like those things that you think about that it's like if I wasn't in like forced to be in front of all these people like would I really even care you know Mm -hmm. so it's it's so interesting and even without the platform like women in general or just people in general like I think it's so easy to like feel like you have to live up to this thing because of social media whether or not you have five followers or like 500 or 500,000 it's like it there's this like subconscious need to like live into this type of woman that is appealing to everybody and it's so weird that like we take advice from random 15 year olds that we don't even know who commented on a picture and it's like I don't know personally I tend to take those things so personally sometimes and I I catch myself doing it now but before I was like no this one person somewhere across the world said this one thing and like I don't even know who they are or what they look like but like I'm gonna internalize that and yeah because people like like Another example the other day, this is more of like a physical thing, but I posted this, this picture that was like, um, how are we feeling about the new song? Like, and this girl was like, not going to lie. I think it's really bad. (laughs) And I was like, I shouldn't care. I was like, what, like, what, like, nobody's going to fucking, if somebody doesn't like it, I don't care. Cause not everybody's going to like your music. Not everyone's going to like you. And that's reality. But for some reason, I was just like, that's so mean. <laughs> like that hurts my feelings probably because it does come from such a personal place, but I always have to remind myself, like once I release something, it's not mine anymore. It's like, this is everybody else's to interpret how they want to feel, how they want about it. Like if they fucking hate it, that's not my responsibility to make them like me. Like I made this for me and now it's everybody else's to decide how they feel about it. Yeah, absolutely. So in those kinds of cases, would you lean on your favorite person? And would you be happy that you have a favorite person? Yeah, it depends on the person because I have had um, some favorite people that like, like if I turn to them for comfort or validation, and they don't give me that it can make me feel like those negative things in my own head. And that like sometimes I'll get on social media are true. So like I had a relationship um like before I met Ricky where this person like I would turn to them especially because like (laughs) I was like at their house when my ex-boyfriend died and like they were yeah like I turned to them for that comfort and I didn't really find it and they like they were being very judgmental and just saying like well like like I would rather deal with like bipolar than the shit I deal with and like I like why like why do you care so much that so-and-so died and and I was like oh my god (laughs) so I um that's like one of those situations where it can be really unhealthy because I feel like a normal, like a rational person would probably be like, oh, like that's kind of fucked up that they said that. But for me, I'm like, oh, like that's true. Like I, why do I care so much? And like, I, I kind of start to just, let's like, I think they're like a God and I'm like, everything they say is true. And like everything, like I have to put them before me. So sometimes it can be very unhealthy because I can be codependent and like take everything to heart so if somebody's like well you should do this you should like I think I had like my ex-boyfriend like one time was like well like I don't like when you have short hair so like throughout my hair because I was like okay cool like like, I'll just kind of start doing that stuff but if my favorite person is more like Ricky like where he's just very unconditional like that's why I felt free to like not live up to this thing where I'm like I don't have to do this and that and like wear crazy outfits and like you know, like, wear my makeup every day and do this and that, because, like, that's somebody that when I turn to him, like, he's just, like, oh, like, 
you know that you're smart you know that you're talented like who, like who cares if they don't like your song like you know that's a great song yeah and that's that's what helps me is like somebody that I think it's just like somebody that grounds me and is like this is reality like you are who you are and he also like reminds me like I love you but like don't let that be more important than your relationship with yourself because that, that is so good because people definitely I think know or knew in the past that I would put them before me and I think that that definitely like bit me in the ass sometimes because it was just like I would like my first relationship I was in like he probably broke up with me like 20 times and like every single time I'd take him back because I was just like I, I like my value is in whether or not you want me yeah and so now I've like made also just in friendships I've like made the mental decision to like try to feel out whether or not like they want something from me or if they like have their best interest but not mine because like that's really important and I've definitely been like a pushover my whole life (laughs) so damn I'm sorry that you had to even deal with that because it's you shouldn't you seriously shouldn't and people should be able to look at your needs and what you want and I get that that can be really difficult sometimes though, because when I'm upset personally, I hate it when people are like, it's going to be okay. Like look at the silver lining. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, no, I just, I just like really need to be upset and I don't need anything. I just need you to listen. And like my best friend had a really hard time processing that because she's a natural helper and she wants to give advice. And I'm like, the best way you can help is literally just don't say anything. Just listen. And I think that's the biggest thing in any kind of relationship to be able to listen to what the other person needs and, you know, when do they need validation? How can they best help the other person and put their own needs aside um, to help you through difficult moments? I mean, when your ex died, that should not have been the response. And that's a terrible response. Yeah, I, I do think it like teaches you a lot, though. That's why I'm like, it's not, I don't want to like, because that's not even also like shitting on that person, because I think that they like there, there, there comes this thing also over time where like when you get into situations like that, you stop reading it as like this person's fucked up and you're like, that was inappropriate. But like, I know that that's coming from them being insecure yeah. and being scared that I cared more for this person. And now that like, now that he's gone, that like maybe they're like, they aren't my person and that I'm like realizing all of this. And so I think that it was from an insecure place. And I think once you start like training your brain to view responses like that, you can kind of um I guess like read deeper into that and that's why like with my dad even our relationship has gotten better because I know that like he's had a very very bad childhood and a lot of his responses aren't just like because he wants to be an asshole you know yeah well yeah it's definitely something I've gotten like better at over time but it's hard to put aside like your annoying your annoyance or like anger and replace it with like well let me just empathize a little bit well that's the thing though it's hard to find that balance because once you do start to empathize you start using their poor actions or their poor words as a justification so you're like oh you know they went through something hard so that's why they said it and you shouldn't make excuses for them either like understanding is one thing but making excuses is another thing and it's like there's so many things to balance out that it's just so difficult to it's difficult to be in any kind of relationship friendships family significant you definitely have to like I think yeah you 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 can understand and empathize but hold the hold the person accountable like that's like the basis of it I think like every good friendship and relationship because like even me and Ricky had to learn that because I was so scared of like being abandoned or like dealing with something like that when I was I was grieving and going through life and like that phase where I was just saying like everything felt like it was dumped on me yeah where if I freaked out about something and I handled it the wrong way he's like I know you're hurt 
and like I I'm empathizing with that but this is like if you want this kind of comfort and softness from me like approach it like that because I know that that's what you want but you're angry he's like why are you angry if you're sad and I was like oh that's true <laughs> I was like I I guess I'm just like it's like this angry and sad at the same time oh you you definitely can but I, I think it's like I before like I think a couple years ago like I only showed my sadness with anger because like it, I would bottle it up until I was like, why is nobody comforting me? Why is nobody like, you know what I mean? And so I, I had to start like being like, if I want to be held or I want to just cry, like, I just have to ask for that. You know what I mean? Cause he was like, I don't know why you like, don't, if you want me to hold you, like, just tell me that, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, okay, you're, you're right. I don't have to be so mad that you didn't read my mind. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I think that's again, a natural human thing to kind of expect others to know the way we need to be loved and that is difficult to process and kind of it's okay to be like this is what I need like sometimes with my roommates I'll literally be like hey I feel left out right now and I know that like it's not your intention to feel left out to make me feel left out or anything but I just need the validation that like you guys still love me and it's like these ugly feelings quote-unquote ugly they're they're natural feelings I think that finding the right people and surrounding yourself with the right people, they will help you through those feelings and give you the validation and the love that you need the way that you need it. And they will hear you out and listen to you, but you shouldn't be afraid to vocalize it either. I also think my, another big lesson I learned the past few years is that most relationships and friendships like that, like love is, I think we all just think there's going to be like this perfect person that comes along and does every single thing right and checks off all of our boxes. But I think it's definitely like a learning process and knowing like in long-term relationships too, it's definitely like how we, how you receive love and give love is going to be different and how they receive love and give love is going to be different. And like, you definitely have to learn that because no one, sometimes I guess it'll be easy and it's like, cool, we click, but there's never going to be someone that's just perfect. And you have to like work at it and like figure out what best help. I also feel like it's to be more self-aware and like do all this mm-hmm. research on it. like I'm sure you're way like you're really good at communicating now because of all this research and like psychology and like knowing like you know what I mean like I feel like knowing knowing what's happening you're like oh man like I can just because I think so many people like don't care to learn stuff like that and I think it helps so much when communicating to like put those dots together so that wraps up this episode thank you so much for listening to the first episode of season two and i'm so excited for the journey all of us are taking together tune back in next week to hear the rest of our conversation with kaylee where we talk about competitiveness in the music industry individuality sobriety in an industry overtaken by drugs and alcohol and a lot more that i don't want to spoil for you so i will see you guys where you guys will hear me next week (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you're an artist and you've got a story to share with a passion for music, please do reach out. Whether you're just starting out or you've been in the music industry for years, I would love to hear your story. Follow me on Instagram through my handle at Music Mentality with Angie. Or email me at musicmentalitywithangie at gmail.com. Finally, a huge shout out and thank you to the amazing editor behind these episodes, Aileen Tamer. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.